Meeting to order. This is a regular business meeting of the Redmond City Council held on Tuesday, January 16th, 2024, commencing at 7 p.m. I will be chairing this meeting as Mayor Pro Tem. I will call rolls starting with Council Vice President Forsyth. Here. Council Member Fields. Here. Council Member Salahuddin. Here. Council Member Stewart. Here. Council Member Nueva Camina. Here. Councilmember Anderson. Here. The first item on the agenda is items from the audience. There are no special orders from the day. I have the sign-in sheet for members of the public to speak tonight. When I read your name, you'll come up to the podium and you have three minutes to address the council. Council members generally will not respond to comments or questions directly at the meeting. Members of the public are welcome to email the council anytime at mayorcouncil at redmond.gov. The views stated by members of the public do not represent the opinion of the Redmond City Council or the City of Redmond. As a reminder, RCW 4217A.555 prohibits any public comment during the council meeting in support or opposition of ballot propositions, measures, or candidates. The first uh, person on the agenda, we have, um, we have five people signed up to speak in person, and we have one person signed up to speak remotely. The first person on the agenda is Hank Myers, then Paul Quinn, then Ira Maven. Mr. Myers. You may begin. You may begin. Budget year, I'm sorry, uh, start again? Okay, good evening. As a council and individuals, you face an enormous challenge in this next year. Every, every even year is a budget year, but this year the council has the lowest total experience of any council in memory. When I joined the council, there were three very active and dedicated members who each had at least 12 years of experience. This is not criticism because your election may represent voter dissatisfaction with past practices. I'm looking forward to fresh ideas and suggestions. We have significant issues such as having the lowest pavement quality index in the last 30 years, and I can't recall the last time my street was swept. I have provided copies of the Price of Government, the Bible for Budgeting by Priorities that the Council adopted 15 years ago. I think I've given copies to each of you or you're aware of them, but I have, if you haven't got one, let me know. You have a, full, a few months to read it before the heavy lifting begins. Remember that you are the policy makers for the city and the budget is your budget. The mayor and the staff will give you the suggestions to start with. But if you disagree or think other things are more important, get it out there in the open and make decisions as a council. There are two important things about the price of government. First, it lets you set the relative priorities of various budget items. Second, it tells you what Redmond's price of government is relative to its neighboring cities. The price of government is the local tax burden relative to the total household income of the city. When I was on the council, Redmond had the highest price of government on the east side. If you have questions, ask for help from impartial sources. Inside City Hall, you have Kelly Cochran, who is not only extremely bright and experienced, but very trustworthy. Get outside of your silo. Talk to friends, neighbors, people you don't know and may not agree with. We have a tremendous business community here and many dedicated nonprofits. Listen to them. Finally, get involved in community activities. Go to the parks on Saturday and drive the streets at 3 a.m. in the morning to see where the parking problems are. Join the service club, such as Rotary or Kiwanis. They both do great work in the community and are great uh, sources for information. Show that you are doing this for the good of the community if you are lucky, people will start recognizing you on the street for better or worse. Thank you. Thank you. Next up is Paul Quinn. 
Good evening. You may begin. I live in Sammamish. I think you know that. I care about recycling and composting and reducing what we send to the landfill. What I'm sharing about Redmond came through public record requests. Let's start with a reminder on that important fact from the King County survey that the trash sent to the landfill shows that two-thirds of it can be recycled or composted. So two-thirds of our trash is actually not trash. I'm going to walk you through the first of three handouts. It's, it's this one that Cheryl gave you. The first table reflects the tonnage disposed of by categories for 2022 and year-to-date 2023. Notably, commercial businesses have the highest tonnage disposed of in the city at 38%. The second table down shows the city's tonnage and how it's disposed of. Most notably, 58% of what the city disposes of goes to the landfill, and that amount increased over 2022. This is a good time to note that if 58% is going to the landfill, only 42% of what we dispose of is diverted to recycling or composting. The third table down shows our diversion rate for each category. Of note, while single-family residences divert 65% to recycling and composting, commercial and multifamily locations only divert 34% and 38% respectively. So essentially, two-thirds of what our commercial and multifamily locations dispose of goes directly to the landfill. Table 4 reflects the missed opportunity I noted at the start of my talk. Two out of every three pounds we put in the landfill could be recycled or composted. Given that Redmond could have diverted over 18,000 additional tons to recycling or composting in 2023 alone. The next section down reflects the urgency that I find in this topic as Redmond sends each month another 1,680 tons to the landfill. In Table 5 at the bottom, you see the categories listed, and the red indicates where the category does not have a recycle container and where the category does not have a food scrap yard waste container. It is striking most of the city's businesses, 720 of them, do not have food scraps yard waste containers. This in a city with over 400 restaurants. It is more striking that 82 of our 127 multifamily locations, that's two-thirds, don't have a place for their residents to put their compost at food scraps. Two-thirds. Handouts two and three provide recommendations for improving our diversion rates. I'll review those in detail at a future meeting. I believe the people in the city of, of Redmond want to live sustainably. They need the tools and they need to receive individual feedback about how they're doing, like the PSC Energy Report we receive now. Feedback is a catalyst for change. I'd like to receive response. Thanks. The next person is Ira Maven. Apologies. It's off. I guess I should have wrote all this stuff down, huh? Thanks for having me out. Uh, I'd like to talk about the parking for employees in Redmond. Right now, there are three spots that employees in Redmond can park at. That is street parking. With the new laws, you have to change your parking spot in an eight-hour shift four times. You're only allowed two, two hours per, and you have to change it to a different street name. That's very difficult. The other spot is you can do the garages, like Platinum. That's who runs most of those. That's two hours, six dollars. That is five dollars for every additional 30 minutes. That works out to a little over two thousand dollars a month. It's a little egregious for what we're looking for. The back parking lot behind Woodblock, the Sky Lot, for a normal shift for myself, it's about $10 a day, easy math, five days a week, 50 bucks, that's $200 a month. That's pretty high for our, our city. Um, my suggestion, oh, the other one, the easiest one, $55 for a Redmond parking pass through Diamond. The problem with that is I have one of those. In the wintertime, I can probably get about 50% of the time I can get one of those spots because they're very splattered throughout our community and they're full. In the summer, less than 20%. So what I was thinking, proposing, is that we look at things like the back sky lot and section off an area where employees can buy a permit but have a guaranteed spot that they don't have to move their car, they don't have to pay 
$200 plus a month. So I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Next, uh, we have Dr. David Morton. Good evening, council members, Mayor Pro Tem. I'm David Morton. As you diligently review the Redmond Zoning Code rewrite, I wish to draw your attention to a special zoning regulation pertaining to hazardous waste treatment and storage in the general commercial, business park, manufacturing park, and industry zones. The regulation stip stip stipulates hazardous materials shall not cause fumes, unpleasant odors, or harm to others in the course of normal handling. In these zones, it's foreseeable that certain businesses will produce hazardous waste as a byproduct of their regular operations. For example, auto body shops often generate dangerous waste that poses risks to both human health and the environment. These businesses often release hazardous solvent vapors into the outdoors, hoping that dilution of the fumes will weaken unpleasant odors or cause less harm to others. The revised Code of Washington recognizes the potential dangers associated with substances containing a solvent having the property of releasing toxic vapors or fumes. Inhalation of such fumes, whether intentional or unintentional, can lead to harmful conditions such as intoxication, dizziness, irrational behavior, dulled senses, or stupefaction, which is the condition of being unable to think clearly. My concern lies in understanding what courses available to residents and businesses when hazardous materials are handled in a manner that causes fumes, unpleasant odors, or harm to others. Is there a transparent process for reporting businesses that fail to comply with this regulation? I'd like to learn if Redmond has established mechanisms for addressing this issue and for encouraging businesses to comply with this regulation. I kindly request a response to my inquiry via email, phone call, text, or traditional mail, even if the response is to clarify whether Redmond enforces this regulation, your attention to this matter would be greatly appreciated. Ensuring the proper handling of hazardous materials is crucial for Redmond's well-being and the preservation of our environment. Strict enforcement of the special regulation can help ensure a higher quality of life in Redmond. If the city receives complaints about a business whose hazardous materials are causing fumes, unpleasant odors, or harm to others, perhaps Redmond could take advantage of their partnership with the Department of Ecology in the Pollution Prevention Assistance Program. The program is dedicated to reducing and eliminating toxic chemicals in the environment, and they offer training and other resources to help businesses make the switch to safer, less toxic chemicals. Thank you. Thank you. Next up is David Haynes. Hi. Thank you. David Haynes, Overlake. I first want to address the fact that council has a really easy job. You're working a few hours a week. You need to have more work sessions with public comment for other people to contribute to the pro policies and problem solvings. And if you want to talk about the environment and the climate, take a consideration of deregulated apartment units where toxic gas is spewing out of the corner of the building. And you can't walk to the grocery store, you can't walk your dog on the sidewalk, and it fills up in between the buildings. And that's like, you know, like an alternative, non-toxic, independent from the grid energy justification. But the problem is, is like if you're trying to walk from the apartment complex in Overlake to the grocery store, that's a modern third world uh, building, deregulated uh, building code violation um, that has negative impacts on the entire community. When you're trying to walk through from point A to point B, Every step is on concrete or asphalt with road rage passing through. And there's chemical toxics that are sprayed on the parking lots with or without rain or snow. And they act like you're doing you a favor. It's dogs and people and like little scooters. And it's just all over the place. And if you want to talk about environmental impacts, if you take 520's brand new off-ramp that comes flying through the back of Safeway, it's destroying another part of the quality of living that needs to be addressed with 21st century first world quality housing build-outs and uh, commercial buildings that are more friendly to the residents and not the road rage driving through every block. 
But the thing is, I want to ask the mayor if she can hear this. Um, it was sound transit. They've been dishonest and abusive, and they've already caused delays, and they've squandered a lot of money, and now they're being abusive with the enforcements of the fares, spit spraying in your face with or without your ticket. And you cannot get into the tunnel and take your money out because meth head junkie thieves are hiding and hanging out and smoking inside the building trying to rob you. And so when you go down closer to the train or on the train, you can't pay, but you get these abusive, racist, scorned, power-tripping, fair ambassadors who want to get in your face, stand over you like it's Gestapo, commie, like let's see your paper, whether you've paid or not. And when you ask them to address the evil criminals that you pass on the way in, they act like that's not their jurisdiction and they won't work network with the cops or metro and it's kind of like ridiculous to even have to put up with like the noise from the screeching uh brakes that come into the overlake that's going to ruin estero park and all those apartment complexes it's going to have to listen to that every 10 15 minutes like a screaming screeching metal like fingernails on this chalkboard microphone legally um enhanced um and then you know, the, the bells and the horns. It's ridiculous. But when you have junkies roaming around the and neighborhood. In conclusion. All right, yeah. When you have, like, junkies roaming around the neighborhood, you need better, like, outreach. And we need, like, a focus on 21st century, first world quality redevelopments, not modern third world slums that are double, triple mortgages in this town that need to be shut down with Mr. a zero Haynes, your time is up. values because they're ripping off the small businesses and ripping off the workers and everybody keeps getting played against one another while the banks keep collecting off Mr. Haynes, your time is up. An inner city commercial real estate who have bank owned that are paying off the government. We need more public comment to help you all get it right. Because you've got neighborhoods that are ripping off and saying, oh, let's make Native American art the overlake ideal and do some Asian flair. Mr. Haynes, your time is up. Thank you. Thank you. That is all of the in-person comments that we have. We have one person who has signed up to speak remotely, Joe Kunzler. The clerk will call him now. Good evening. Hi, Mr. Kunzler. Can you hear us? Yeah. Great. Uh, yes, I you can. have you have three minutes to address the council. Thank you, President Kurtzer. Uh, Joe Kunzler here. Hopefully, you've been reading my emails. Um, in case you haven't heard, I'm calling in to concede my opposition to Sound Transit Board Member Angela Bernie. I want to congratulate her here, as I did in my email. Get us back on track so we can replace apathy with allyship. We need to stop the hurt, start the healing, and the defending of our commons and our Jewish communities. It's time for Biden-esque leadership, where we love sound transit in America, win, lose, or draw. So congratulations again to the board member and sound transit board member and to Alberti and to you, President Kurtzer, for the presidency this year. But we still got a crisis in the Commons here. We got a crisis that was handed down by a hateful monster and a 2023 appeasement of such as the PDC and others are now well aware. We've also got a city council death squad going around the country attacking sacred public comment periods across America, according to the ADL and me. I've done my own research. I've spent years researching public comment issues. As per my email today, as the PDC is overwhelmed with complaints, but I want to also enter this in the record here. I could be persuaded by President Kurtzner to argue to the PDC leadership that if you pass strong public comment rules, and apologize to Bellevue leaders. By your by or on, by or on in February sixth meeting, we could get this complaint dismissed. Provided the Redmond City Council passes pub, strong public comment rules to put a stop to this. And get me it also gets me out of your airspace, which I'm sure you all would appreciate. I'm asking President Kurtzer for your support, please. Um, and at the Council of Horses Rolls throughout 2024 for this plan. I have done some additional research, and there is a fair campaign practices code if Zimmerman comes before you guys and campaigns again. It's midnight for Redmond's comments. History will not be kind to Alex Zimmerman, Council Member Forsyth, for her absolute incredible 
let's just say, the, 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 what the actions that put this council in this crucible. For when we have departed from standing for the values of America and Washington State, we have always come to regret it. I am in this as long as it takes. It's just a question of how many consequences before we get Redmond properly armed to stop Chisholm's hate and abuse of public comment to slander you and other good people. As President Zelensky has said, quote, freedom must be better armed than tyranny, end quote. And in my heart and in my mind, not just as a disabled man, not just as an American, not just with someone with a Jewish relative, but as a fan of sound transit, Zimmerman is an agent of the same hateful tyranny of Trump and Russia. Ultimately, this is your opportunity, President Kurtzer, to put your stamp on things, and I want you to have that opportunity. That's why when I wrote that PDC complaint, I wrote it. And in conclusion? Yeah, yes, ma'am. Um, thank you. Uh, I'm going to ask that the City Council pass strong public comment rules in the mold of Sound Transit or the, or the Port of Seattle Commission. My time is up. I have strong support and faith in President Kutcher's leadership, and congratulations again, Board Member Bernie. Thank you for your public service, all of you. Goodbye. Thank you. Items, for the, items from the audience is now closed. The next item on our business is uh, the consent agenda. Is there a motion to approve the consent agenda? So moved. Second. The consent agenda has been moved by Council Vice President Forsyth and seconded by Council Member Stewart. Are there any items to pull? Councilmember Fields? Um, I don't want to pull any items, but I would like a minute to speak to two of them. I believe our practice is typically we'll take the vote and then you can speak. Would that, would that be all right? Of course. Great. Um, this is a roll call vote, um, starting with Council Vice President Forsyth. Aye. 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 That passes seven to zero. Aye. <laughs> uh, and, and now, uh, uh, Councilmember Fields, would you like to make your comments? Wait, is that off or on? That's on. Uh, all right, thank you, uh, Council President. So um, I am in support of the appointment for the facilities um, of our, our new council member. Uh, but I do want to remind council leadership that I had asked that this that the process was a little bit skewed, and I'm um, asking council leadership to make sure that that we correct that. Uh, process and that, and if there's any other appointments that council uh, has the responsibility to make, that we address those and and not do the backdoor backwards uh, method that we used before. Thank, thank you, Councilmember Fields. Um, I sent a message out to the council today in advance of this meeting as well, with some details on this topic as well. Just, but I will say for the public that um, I confirmed that this is that this particular position we just voted on is a mayoral appoints and council confirms. So we did in this case follow the correct process. There was another issue that was raised um, during that discussion about a different body that we do appointments. For, and that issue will be coming to committee next week, the Cascade Water Alliance. Um, so we'll be seeing that item and that, that appointment um, through the correct process in committee next week. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and with the passage of the consent agenda, we have a new design review board member, Samson Ng, who will be sworn in at a later time. Congratulations. Apologies, finding my script here. Our next item of business is a staff report. Oh, wait, am I missing this? Yes, no, this is correct. Okay. Our next item of business is the staff report. Uh, Planning Commission recommendation, phase two amendments to the Redmond Zoning and Municipal Codes. Carol Helen, Director of Planning and Community Development, will be introducing this item. Thank you all. 
and members of the City Council. This evening we're providing a staff report on the Redmond Zoning Code Rewrite Phase 2. These are minor amendments uh, to the Redmond Zoning Code and the Municipal Code. And st the staff report this evening is a follow-up to the December 5th Planning and Public Works Committee of the whole meeting where we introduced the Planning Commission's recommendation on this topic. Questions raised at the December 5th meeting are incorporated into your uh, issues matrix that is in the packet at attachment D. And following the staff report, we will note any additional questions and comments you may have for follow-up at your January 25th study session. I'm joined this evening for this item by Kimberly Dietz. She is our principal planner with Planning's Economic Development Division. Kim? Thank you, Director Helen. Good evening, council members. Tonight, I will present phase two amendments to the Redmond Zoning Code and Municipal Code. This, um, the purpose of this evening is first to present the Planning Commission's recommendation on amendments to the Zoning Code, and then also the Technical Committee's recommendations to amendments to the Municipal Code. We would also, at the end of the presentation, like to hear your questions and comments that will help us prepare for your study session on January 23rd. The Redmond Zoning Code rewrite is a multi-year, multi-phase project. And you can see on this image that it uh, crosses over many, many years, um, over four phases. It is handled under an umbrella of the Redmond 2050 periodic update to our comprehensive plan. And it looks to the comprehensive plan for its direction in updating policies to make sure they are consistent with, um, I'm sorry, to update regulations to make sure they are consistent with city policies. So this evening, you are hearing information regarding phase two. Phase one of this rewrite was adopted June 22, and phase three is also underway with staff starting to prepare some work and scoping additional items to bring to you in later years. The purpose of the rewrite is to streamline the code, to make sure that it is clear and concise, to address city priorities, and while doing so, to avoid creating errors and inconsistencies. And you can see here listed the Rebin 2050. Again, we take our leadership from the policies that are established therein. We also look to the community strategic plan and other working plans to guide the amendments that would address city priorities. The staff who lead the amendments are across planning, public works, and the parks department, as well as the executive department. And they look to these documents and other leading documents, such as functional plans, to obtain the direction for updating regulations. Our community involvement was vast, and it happened over the course of two years in order to finalize the staff recommendation for the amendments that are before you. We use many methods to reach our stakeholders and the community. For an example, we have developed a, an e-news channel that is specific to plans and policies and regulations as they are updated, as well as events that people can attend to advise these um, these amendments or the work therein. We also use direct mail to parties of record. At this time, we have over 100 parties of record for this topic. We also have 1,650 subscribers to our e-news channel. So on a monthly basis and as required by our regulations, we reach out to these individuals to keep them apprised of this project. In addition to that outreach, we also use some feedback methods to allow people to use digital tools and meetings to provide specific feedback. Let's Connect, for an example, was one. And we also incorporated a web page form for people to use to provide a comment at any time on the code and to pursue a change. One of the items, beekeeping, was obtained um, from the community through that method. And then the, some of the feedback we received specific to this amendment series includes uh, waivers for daycares. Um, we also received some comments that you heard about tonight from Mr. Morton regarding uh, prohibited activities in the CARA. And then finally, uh, one of the uh, amendments regarding fences, we received some additional feedback in order to install safety fences. Those are just a couple examples of what we heard. 
this project, phase two, ha started in 2021. And you can see the milestones here that reflect the different opportunities that staff has to connect with both internal and external stakeholders. As we move from concept through the final staff proposal, staff checks in with leadership. We check in with the community and particularly our stakeholders, which are developers, their legal teams, businesses, and property owners, to make sure we're going in the right direction with each of the amendments. The package as a whole includes many more amendments than what you are reviewing tonight. You are reviewing the minor amendments or what we call an annual cleanup. The others that are shown here are policy related and therefore are being will be provided to you by Revin 2050. Becky Fry and her team will be providing these specific amendments as they align with the different topics that Revin 2050 is addressing with you. For example, transportation is ones that you will see soon and the amendments to the code will come along with that package. So for this evening, you are seeing the minor amendments, and those are listed here. These include very minor changes for clarity, but they also include consistency with our state regulations. They also um, address input from the community that we've received, and they look to the region to make sure that we are consistent with some of the trends and other ways that that functional plans and that regulations help people develop throughout the city. During your December 5th Planning and Public Works Committee of the Whole, council members shared a few of the questions that are listed here. Most of them are addressed in your issues matrix that is in your packet for this evening's meeting. One of them is not, and we look forward to providing more information in that regard to you during your study session. And tonight what we'd like to hear is if there are additional questions or comments that you have for us to prepare. Your study session is on January 23rd, and the next time that you will see this item is on February 20th for your action. Thank you for listening this evening, and we look forward to your questions and comments. Thank you very much. Are there questions from the council? Councilmember Stewart. Thank you, Ms. Dietz and Director Helen. Uh, really appreciate the overview uh, leading into our study session next week. And I loved the story uh, in the materials of, of the beekeeping and, and how that came to be and where we are today. Um, uh, my question for next week is, is really just to make sure we get a chance to cover the, the topic uh, that has been raised, the community concerns, as well as this council's um, historic interest in preserving the CARA and just making sure that we're not making leaving any anything to chance. So I would I would love to spend a little time in the study session. What were the concerns that, that were um, that arose? What are the concerns that arose around the CARA from the community and and the planning commission and others? How were they addressed? And what 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 wasn't addressed? Because either that was the inappropriate venue, or it's still being figured out, or will be part of um, another process, another time. It would still be good to know if there are things left undone, where those lie, and where we can pick up on that. Thank you. Thank you, Councilmember Salahuddin. Uh, yeah, thank you so much for providing um, you know this level of depth, and uh, I'm really appreciative of the community outreach that you've done. Uh, I, I, you know, I think all of that level of involvement is really positive for uh, getting the community's feedback. Um, I had a question around the uh, you mentioned the e-news, and I'm I'm seeing you know the direct mail, email, one-on-one -on -one meetings. Uh, do you have any information in terms of demographics or who is actually being reached out to or who is subscribed? Uh, just knowing that we have such a diverse community with different you know, living situations, different ages, different backgrounds, um, making sure that everyone's voice is heard for, um, for these topics is um, really important. So for, for next week, we'd love to hear um, you know, the, if you have that data, um, the level of diversity across the board um, of, of the feedback that's provided. Thank you. Thank you. Council Vice President Forsyth. Thank you, and thanks for the follow-up. I know the majority of those questions were mine, so I appreciate that follow-up. Um, on the beekeeping, on the signage, I think we need a little more clarity around the two-inch letters. I think you intended for it to be the main warning to be the two inches, but the rest of the sign, as 
I were to read it as a person who does that design work, I would read it as all of the language needs to be two inches. So maybe just a little more clarity around that. Um, I have a bunch of other questions that I will uh, email to you all so that you can uh, have that and have time to go over those. Um, but I'm interested in talking about the parking conversation that came up and we heard a little bit tonight on a different parking matter, but um, very interested in no understanding the drive-through component and why we removed that uh, square footage concern and for the veterinary or animal services within a half mile, um, that just seems like a, a already potentially uh, stressful situation for folks. And if there isn't parking readily available that those businesses may suffer uh, due to that. So I will email my questions to you, but just wanted to give you that preface of what they will be. Thank you. Are there other questions from council members? Not seeing any, so I will ask my one question, which is um, I'm interested during the study session to hear a little bit more about the um, family daycare uh, proposal. It seemed like, uh, I'd love to know, either it seemed to indicate that we're going to take an action now and then we'll review later and we're going to be looking at how we align with state uh, policy and that we have the opportunity to either be more stringent or at the level of state policy. So we'd just love to get a little more clarity um, from you all on, on where we align compared to state policy and uh, what's being proposed here and then what the next steps or timeline might look like on that. Thank you. All right, seeing no other questions, we'll move on to the next item. Thank you very much and we'll look forward to that study session next week. Thank you and good evening. Our next item of business is a staff report, sound transit light rail briefing, project status and progress. Carol Helen, Director of Planning and Community Development will be introducing this item. Thank you again. Uh, good evening, Mayor Pro Tem Kritzer and council members. I am Carol Helland from Planning and Community Development. And this evening we're providing a staff report describing the current and upcoming status of light rail in Redmond. I'm joined this evening by two senior engineers from the city. Micah Ross is going to start the presentation and he is in the Planning and Community Development Department. And then Aaron Noble is going to do the second half of the presentation and he is one of our public works staff. And because this isn't a study session, if there are questions afterwards, um, we can always collect those and provide those back to you at a future date in committee of the whole meeting or in an issues matrix and email. So with that, I'm gonna turn the microphone over to Micah. Great, thank you, good evening. Um, as Carl said, we're presenting an update on East Link and Downtown Redmond Link Extension project for Sound Transit. Um, our timeline here, uh, the last year has seen a closure of a numerous site development permits, a building, mechanical, plumbing, um, all, all the permitting for both of these stations. In the fall of last year, we saw the opening of the bus loop and uh, parking garage at Redmond Technology Station. Um, we're here at the beginning of 2024. Um, we're looking forward to the spring, the opening of the two line, which will run from um, Bellevue to Redmond Technology Station. Um, at Overlake Village Station, um, some of the activities this last year was Da Vinci Avenue, which is the road you see um, in the photo here, it was dedicated to the city through a binding site plan. Um, there are some easements that went along with that as well. Um, the Regional Stormwater Infiltration Vault, which uh, treats and infiltrates stormwater from the region, um, was brought online. It's in service now. Um, you can't see it. It's all underground here, a, a large structure, but that's a, a great addition. Um, we also have the Overlake Village Station Pedestrian Bridge will be opening January 24th, which I know everyone has been um, eagerly anticipating. Uh, the Redmond Technology Station Garage. Um, as I mentioned, the bus loop opened in September with the uh, Metro service change, and that's been running smoothly since. Um, there was a ribbon cutting, which uh, the mayor attended for the parking garage to the community on uh, October. Um, and the station platform on the, on the right side of the photo here uh, will be open um, in the spring when service begins on the, the two line. Uh, the final piece that I'm sharing here this evening is the Redmond Technology Station Bridge. Um, this isn't built by Sound Transit, but rather Microsoft has built this and it will be uh, dedicated to the city once it's completed. Uh, Microsoft is completing what's known as the West Landing, that's the, on the west side of the bridge. Um, this is expected to be open in the spring as well um, when light rail service begins. 
Um, and this also has uh, a direct access uh, to the station. And with that, I'll hand over to Aaron. Good evening. Here we are showing some of the upcoming milestones on the downtown Redmond Wink Extension Project. First, what you see is the opening of the 40th underpass. We wanted to highlight this project because it will be the first area that will be fully constructed and accepted by the city. We, ex we anticipate the acceptance being early spring. Next is the opening of the Redmond Central Connector Trail for Derby Days this summer. There will still be some construction around the downtown station, but the trail will be fully open to the public. In 2025, we'll see the opening of the entire Wink Extension project with service beginning uh, between downtown Redmond and Overlake. Uh, the service to Seattle and beyond should begin later in 2025. Sound Transit estimates the total project completion for the DROE is about 80%. Uh, the DROE project consists of many projects throughout Redmond, and we're highlighting some of the main construction activities throughout the corridor. At Northeast 60th, uh, two new bike lanes are being installed with a new connection to Benjamin Rush Elementary. At Northeast 51st, a water service infrastructure project was completed by Sound Transit at the, at the behalf of the city. It's known, as, what's no, what's known as a city betterment project. This project is fully operational and improves the city water infrastructure at Northeast 51st. Additionally, at Northeast 51st, there are additional roadway improvements being constructed and the installation of two more bike lanes. Surface and traffic improvements at Northeast 40th are under construction that will facilitate greater connections to the Redmond Technology Center. This work includes a pathway underneath Northeast 40th that will allow pedestrians to cross from the transit center to the north side of Northeast 40th across six, without, without crossing the six lanes of traffic there. At the Millie Village Station, it's a major transit connection to Redmond. They are constructing a 1,400-stall parking garage. There'll be 24 bike racks and 36 on mine bike lockers. At Northeast 70th and Northeast 76th Street, city betterment projects are building improvements, uh, which include a shared use path and bicycle pathway from Redmond Way to Northeast 173rd, and installation of new bike lanes and a new turn lane at Northeast 76th. The East Lake Sammamish Trail connection is just getting underway, but when completed, it will create a connection at the Bear Creek Trail, East Lake Sammamish, and Redmond Central Connector Trail System. The downtown Redmond station will be the main access to light rail from downtown Redmond. The primary work is construction of the transit station, but there is also an extension of the Redmond Central Connector uh, city, uh, sorry, city Betterment. In this next slide, what we kind of wanted to show you is what we think it may look like if somebody comes from Seattle or from Overlake on their lunch and they want to go to downtown Redmond on the light rail. And so they'll come from the east and get off here at Northeast 70th at the Marymore Station. From there, they can proceed on foot or by bicycle down the... Oh, hang on. Oh, I see what's going wrong. Apologize. Ah. Oh, no. Hmm. Let's see. Well, what we're going to show here, though I'm having some technical difficulties, is as you can, so this picture here shows the new Northeast 70th uh, shared use path connection. From there, users can turn left and continue north, and at the next star there, that's where the, we would show the new uh, pedestrian bridge across Bear Creek where they can, and they'll continue on there until they get to the Redmond Central Connector. Uh, we do show a picture of the new architectural concrete at the uh, Bear Creek Trail and the Redmond Central Connector where they can continue on bike down the uh, Bear Creek Parkway Trail down the, the scenery route there, or they continue north from... Um, yeah. Oh, well, there we go. There we go. Maybe it was just kind of frozen. 
So there we go. We show here we show the new uh, Bear Creek uh, pedestrian and bicycle bridge. As they continue going north, they'll get to the. Uh, this is, shows a new architectural concrete there at the Redmond Central Connector and Bear Creek Trail. That's where they can continue to head south there on Bear Creek, or they can continue north um, towards downtown Redmond, where they'll pass 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 the uh, downtown station as they continue through the uh, to Redmond Town Center up to the downtown park. Now, what we wanted to show that we just kind of thought this was really cool is people can come from all the way from Seattle or further. They can explore all the amenities of Redmond's, get onto our trail system, and then, but never once have to get in a car to do it. And so that's what we were trying to demonstrate there. I apologize for the, uh, the issues. Um, I think that's all for our update, Carol. Let's, uh, thank you. Well, thank you very much. Uh, even with the technical difficulties, great to be able to see some of those photos and, and hear about the great infrastructure. Um, are there questions from the council? Councilmember Fields. Exciting times. Thank you. Um, are, can you provide us a list of the betterment, uh, the, the complete list of the betterment projects that were identified and the status? Of, you mentioned some of them, but I, I just wanted to see the complete list, uh, what their status is, under budget, over budget, uh, and I guess for extra credit, you don't have to do this, but it'd be uh, interesting to know what lessons we've learned from other cities where uh, light rail has been opened, where we have um, sort of a draft list of needs that we might consider, especially with the budget year coming up. So appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Councilmember Salahuddin. Thank you. Um, and. I'm really excited. Thank you so much for this uh, presentation. Um, my question is uh, around the um, last mile options and if you'd be able to provide, um, you know, options for bus routes uh, that might be, or other forms of public transportation, maybe van pools that might be available at each of these transit centers um, or stations for the light rail. Uh, and at which point uh, during the process, would those be finalized, whether before completion um, of the stations or, you know, during, throughout that process or even at the tail end? So thank you so much. Thank you. Councilmember Stewart. Thank you so much, Madam Chair. Um, and through the chair, I have um, a request for my colleague to the left, who is now the chair of our um, public safety committee of the whole. And um, I just think that one of the community concerns coming into the spring and later next year has been around public safety. And so as we go into this next quarter, it'd be really great um, in that committee if we could hear an update um, on, from public safety on what they're kind of um, approach is going to be to the opening in March and the opening of some of these new facilities. Thanks. Thank you. Council Vice President Forsyth. Thank you. Um, tangentially related, but definitely related. Uh, I've heard a lot of questions about the entry ramp onto 520 right there uh, just under the overpass. And I know that was a washed out project, but I've heard a lot of complaints lately about that transition kind of launching you a bit. So I'm interested to know, is that work done? And uh, if it is, what what we're going to be doing about that and um, any more information that you can provide to us. Thank you. Any other questions from the council? All right. Well, I will um, just make one comment, which is uh, thank you so much for all of the, the hard work that, that you're doing and, and that everyone who's been working on this project is doing. I know people in the community are really excited about these stations opening and about all the related infrastructure. Um, it's been a while where we've been having also these quarterly updates to as, as we've been building. And I think to, to some of the comments and questions tonight, um, you know, as we get to the reality of these stations opening, I think it, it might make sense for us as council leadership to think about um, putting a, a study session where we can have a little bit more of a conversation um, on these these items and, and thinking about how we prepare for the light rail and potentially a great topic for our council retreat. Um, Councilmember Salahuddin. I'm so sorry. Um, one more question popped into my mind, and it's um, sort of related to what Councilmember Fields brought up in that after the opening of the first phase, um, 
could we come back to look at anything that was done well uh, or problems, concerns, um, you know, positive uh, input that we learned from that specific opening uh, and relay it onto um, the next stages and the next phases so that um, you can, we can be best prepared not only from public safety but from all facets. Thank you so much. Um, and last thing before we close out this item is uh, just, uh, you mentioned this briefly, but I wanted to just note for the public that next week on Wednesday, January 24th at 10 a.m., we'll be having a ribbon cutting for the Overlake Village Bridge, um, and that's uh, at the Bridge Plaza at 2891 152nd Ave Northeast uh, in Redmond. So um, join us there. It'll be really exciting to get to see that bridge. And uh, with that, I think we're, we're done with this item, unless you have any other comments, Director Helen. I just uh, wanted to say that the culmination of this project is over a decade of planning. And Redmond was so far ahead in its thought about creating areas that actually drew the excitement and support from Sound Transit to essentially extend the link ex to the East Link into downtown Redmond that you're now seeing the fruits of the council that came before you, the continuation of the good work that you've been doing as we've been updating the comprehensive plan and essentially leveraging that uh, public investment, and then all the work of the staff. Aaron and Micah work very hard on Sound Transit. It's a major part of their work plan, and um, the this is only uh, two of the staff that are dedicated to making this project deliver on time and consistent with what the council envisioned and the, was approved in the permits. So I just want to extend my gratitude to council and their foresight and their hard work and commitment and also to all the staff that have worked so hard on this project to really see it become a reality in March for the first piece is uh, very exciting. Well, thank you very much, Director Helland, and agreed. I'll echo that gratitude to past leaders, past staff, and current staff for um, for all that hard work, as well as to our current leadership. And with that, uh, we'll move on to the next item on our agenda. Our next item of business is the Ombuds Report. Uh, Council Member Fields, you are the Ombuds for the month of January. Will you? Would you like to give your report? Yes, I would. Thank you. Um, not a whole lot of items, but I'll cover them here. Uh, we had one um, email that um, came about a, a shock in uh, parking when a person returned from a long trip. Um, I went to the person and asked them where they parked, and they said uh, at the Redmond Municipal Airport in Redmond, Oregon. Uh, Thank you, Director Helen, for pointing that out to me. I, I wished him luck uh, on paying more than twice what he thought he was going to pay. Um, we did get a, uh, a reminder from a resident about uh, keeping um, our sidewalks safe during winter weather. and. Uh, uh, the planning department is working on a response uh, for that. We also, speaking of winter, uh, got a very detailed um, request to understand uh, the, war the plan, the emergency plan, uh, if the weather is bad and people who need warming centers, how do they get there, uh, what's available to them. Uh, there was a response. There's responses uh, ongoing. Uh, and that one I will follow up at the next ombuds report on how that turns out. Uh, we did hear from uh, a resident, I don't even know if he's a resident, but we heard from someone tonight about um, our uh, public testimony and what we allow and don't allow. Uh, and. Uh, I won't repeat much because I think the three minutes testimony that were heard earlier covered pretty much what, what had been sent to the council. And uh, on the flip side, um, I had made a, uh, a question to council leadership and to the mayor on some of the uh, public testimony uh, that we'd been getting and uh, specifically that we got in the first meeting in January. 
and I, I posed the question, uh, you know, is this uh, potentially slander and does the city have a responsibility here? And uh, definitely got some feedback from a few residents that they don't want to restrict um, public testimony and free speech. And I don't think anybody on the council wants to do that either. I reminded them that I didn't say I wanted to restrict. I said that I wanted to uh, make sure that we had it right. So uh, I think the council leadership is still expecting that we will look again and work with our uh, mayor's office to see if we need to make any changes uh, on that. And there was one more. Mm, that's it. Great. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, Councilmember Stewart was uh, the ombuds for December. Councilmember Stewart, did you have any items that you didn't get to report yet from that? December feels so long ago. Uh, I do not believe I have anything lingering. Thank you. Great. Uh, Council Vice President Forsyth. Thank you. I had some conversations with folks around a variety of topics, including scooters and e-bikes and uh, blocking pedestrian paths. Uh, the upcoming legislative agenda bill and our, uh, the up upcoming legislature and their bills that are coming up. I had requests to speak on some of the uh, legislative bills specifically around housing. I had a question about our salary commission uh, and what was occurring with that and if there's anything else coming down the pike for that. And lots of uh, community conversations around burst pipes due to the frigid weather that we have been having. Um, and I think there's some conversations we may need to have around that as a council, uh, around uh, climate and how we are likely to see more of this in the future. Councilmember Fields? I did find one more. Um, so there was a resident that wrote in was pretty unhappy with the service uh, at the Redmond Pool. I had uh, been uh, trying to get uh, their daughter registered uh, for swim lessons and w felt like they were not getting uh, straightforward answers. I am waiting to hear from our Parks Department uh, on um, as a response, and I will also follow up with that one. Thank you. Are there any other ombuds reports? Seeing none, I will note that um, I met with a couple different residents who wanted to speak with me about city issues. One uh, resident wanted to talk about um, uh, additional tenant protections and filling in on, on what we've previously passed. Um, also spoke with some residents about um, our crisis response plan um, and uh, how we plan to advance on, on that program or potentially join the um, regional crisis response program and some of the follow-up to the, what we passed last year. Um, and finally, I'll note that um, inspired by uh, Councilmember Stewart, who's been holding office hours for, for quite a while, I am launching my own office hours uh, on, on Fridays um, from 3 to 5, um, in particular, open uh, coffee with the council president from 3 to 4 at Soul Food Coffee on the first and third Friday of every month. So come uh, talk with me, or if you want to have more of an um, uh, appointment of um, office hour, I'm happy to schedule you in around that time slot as well. Thanks. Any others? Okay. Um, with that, our next item is committee reports. Are there any committee reports this evening? Council Vice President Forsyth. Thank you. Um, myself, Council Member Salahuddin, and Council President Kritzer attended the Eastside Transportation Partnership where we uh, set the agenda for the year ahead and had some great conversation around all the things that we can be doing and will be doing in the coming year. Any other committee reports? Councilmember Stewart. Thank you. I attended the Growth Management Planning Board and the um, Sound Cities Association Caucus. I'll be chairing that caucus this year. 
Um, <clears throat> we had a couple of briefings. One was a discussion from a group called the Black Home Initiative out of Civic Commons at the Seattle Foundation. We are not in their geographic scope of focus, um, but it was an interesting conversation, not necessarily on policy or housing-related policy, but on the, the network that it will take to increase black home ownership in, in the region of focus that they, they have. So. Um, lots of great allyship opportunities as well as um, just conversation to, to continue to have. Again, Redmond has studied our middle housing and our racial equity in housing and, and our city's role in all of that. And that is something that a lot of cities are just now beginning to, um, to dig into in a big way. We also had a briefing from the Washington State Housing Finance Commission on the implementation of the Covenant Home Ownership Act. This is a pretty unique tool. There's a lot of eyes on it to make sure or to see how it performs. Um, nationally, I mean. So um, this is a really special um, credit program that is going to help the state take ownership for its role in housing um, discrimination of the past. And um, the funding for it is, of course, a $100 fee on all real estate transactions across the state. And those are down a little bit right now. So that is um, a little bit of um, unfair weather on the horizon that was less expected or less hoped for, um, just in terms of getting to full implementation. But we do know that our special purpose credit will be for first-time homeowners, uh, home buyers with um, an income of less than 100% of AMI. A um, couple of other just briefings, and that is all. Thank you. Thank you. Are there any other committee reports? Okay. Well, with that, um, that item is closed. Um, we have no unfinished business. We have no new business. We do not have an executive session. So that concludes our business items for this meeting. And if there is no objection to adjourning, this meeting is adjourned. <laughs>